Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, September 30th, we look at Lesson 14, Ephesians and the Heart. Together, let's look at an overview of the book of Ephesians and how each chapter pertains to us becoming stronger in Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, Michael, here we are at the end of another quarter. And I'm, I'm kind of sad to see this one go. I am too. We were just uh, talking about how this has been one of the really superb Sabbath school lessons and how much the primary contributor, John McVeigh, just you can tell how he loves and has a passion for the book of Ephesians, the message of Ephesians. Yeah, and I was just sharing with you, Michael, that you can see his pastoral heart still shining through. And this this lesson's called Ephesians in the Heart, but you can see his pastoral heart as he writes and compels each and every one of us to make sure we're following Christ. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like we need to keep this in our heart. <laughs> yes, it does. So let's let's do it. Uh, Ephesians chapter let's 2, verses 8 through 10. And before I read this, mm-hmm. he brings out a very important note that uh, there's a Ferris wheel called the London Eye. And it's Ferris wheel. And that from 450 feet above the River Thames, you can see Big Ben, House of Parliament, uh, historic places, cathedrals, all these different things. And he said, this is what this passage actually does for us. So take that into mind. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, New, New King James Version. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, his poema, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm. And so you can see that that bird's eye view, that 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 focus that actually opens up like a telescope that gives us a, a glimpse into the heart of the book of Ephesians. So, Michael, how are we blessed in Christ? We're hitting some highlights again, just kind of, you know, it's like the best oldies or whatever, you know, the highlights yeah. of favorites of a, of a different time and different you know, different musical selections. And, and here we have reminded for us in Ephesians chapter one and what inspires you, right? So there's a lot of different things that could be focused on because we can just spend a whole quarter on it. But I think what is most significant is that Pastor Paul's introducing the gospel and grace as our posture and relationship to him and the story, the plan of redemption. And how he reminds people of that is in verses 16 to 19 of this, this beautiful Thanksgiving hymn that yes. he says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Amen. And so I, I think, you know, a posture of Thanksgiving, thankfulness for the people that are in our lives around us, expressing gratitude and then thankful thankfulness gratitude to our, our our lord and savior jesus christ and and he goes on to say i keep asking that the god of our lord jesus christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelations that you may know him better so this is why ephesians exists the the letter and those house christians those early believers that were gathered in ephesus the the goal here is to know 
Jesus better. And he's going to enlighten our hearts and and everything else, the great power, the great riches, all of these things that are described for us um, that we've talked about before. But think about that. Ponder what, you know, how are, how is your walk with God, you know, and, and take stock of these things and, and having an attitude of gratitude. I know that sounds a little bit, uh, you know, maybe it's been overused a little bit. I don't know, but it, it, but it's true. It's true is what, what can we be thankful? It's easy to see all the problems, all the challenges, people that are difficult around you, but can we find those things that we can see God's hand at work and our own individual lives and express God's gratitude both yeah. to them and to our heavenly father? Yeah, I, uh, absolutely, Michael. And that's, that's what it's about having a attitude of gratitude that's pointed back towards the father and son mm-hmm. and spirit. Exactly. So uh, it takes us to chapter two, uh, redeem for community. Yeah. And this ask a most difficult question. So it was not only John McVeigh that we interviewed, but we also interviewed John Brunt. And I want to thank That's him right. so much. And he really took us through, through. Ephesians to, yes. Mm-hmm. And as he was going through there, I mean, he just expanded my mind for recognizing the gospel that's laced all through one, two, and three, if you will. But it asks this impossible question, what has God done for us through his son, Jesus Christ? And I think the principal contributor did an excellent job of just bringing out these two words. And those two words are found there in verse four four of chapter two. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for because of his great love with with which he loved us. So we're not deserving this, but God chose to. And then he tells us that not only are we saved by grace through faith, but I love that towards the end here tells us that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but why? Because we have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. He is the one that gives us the ability to be able to stand with God. Verse 16, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting death, therefore, thereby putting to death the enmity so we see here so much that Christ has done for us. The gospel message brings spread to us that we may live and stand firm in Christ. And it's all laced there throughout Ephesians chapter two, the gospel story of what Christ has done and that the story is not end, has not ended, but it's continuing in 2023 with us as we choose to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior but also continue to move together, recognizing he didn't just die to save me. He died to save us. And the more we have that mindset, that collectivist mindset, the more people have the chance to actually be saved because we're not about living for ourselves. We're about living for the body of Christ. We're about living for Christ himself. And so Michael, tell us, talking about living together, how we are the church of the living God. Absolutely. So, you know, this is one of the exciting parts of the book of Ephesians is that we belong, if we, you know, invited, right, to be a part of the community, the the church that belongs to God himself. And what is amazing is that we're reminded in different places, both in Ephesians and elsewhere, that the plan of salvation is is a mystery, but there is a plan, but it's a mystery, right? But we're also seeing here that the church itself is a mystery, is a mystery <laughs> how God chooses. He didn't have to do that. He could have used the rocks, the crowd, he could have used angels, 
could have done a lot of different things. Say, here's here's your plan of how to be saved. But God chooses to work through redeemed sinners, and and that is really it's it's amazing. It's extraordinary, and and that is how the plan of salvation. And, and perhaps it's also sublime and, and and beautiful because it's through those who have experienced grace that grace the invitation to learn about grace continues on to others. And, and so we become a, a part of that process, but that, that itself is an act of grace. And, and, and so, and by the way, we're, we're, you know, just because we're the church here on earth right now, living in this world of, of struggle of sin and, and death and pain, everything else. But we know that even when we're in heaven, sin has been vanquished, that we're still going to be pursuing the, as he says in chapter three here, verses eight and nine, talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Yes. The, the, the plan of salvation, the cross of Christ, is going to be our, our science and song through all eternity. And that's, that's what we see here, is that we're going to never exhaust that. That's going to be something that's going to continue to energize us to, to realize how amazing God's grace, it truly is good news it truly is amazing and and by the way there's one other aspect to this we've talked about this a little bit before but but sometimes the church looks different than we expect Oof. ouch ouch and you know back in the first century there was a big divide in the church you know there's the jews who were perceived as being more spiritual because they were supposed to be the church and yet there were those who were the gentiles and the grace of god extended uh, even to the gentiles and of course that will create dynamics and challenges, but but that the grace of God extends beyond where we might ourselves limit the grace of God. And so we must always remember that God's grace is bigger than us, and we need to not hold back the grace of Christ from others in, in any way, shape, or form. And so that's our invitation, all things in Christ. You know, we, we are all made you know we we talk about this uh, a number of different occasions you know about uh, being made in the image of of god imagio day and the plan of redemption reminds us and brings us back to the imagio day that we are all equal before christ all just as much in need of salvation I and that it. is that. is a beautiful thing so yeah you know michael as as you're talking there about the church and how mm -hmm. we're called to <clears throat> be a part of that and being a part of the living God. One of the things that brings us into Ephesians chapter four, the unity of faith. Yeah. We see here that McVeigh puts something here that's pertinent. While mm -hmm. unity is a theological certainty, it requires our hard work. In yes. other words, what you shared earlier that the church is not going to look like what we want it to look like. It's not created in our image. Right. Uh, and it's created. I mean, it's created in the image of God, but it's by flawed human beings. And because of our flaws, it's really difficult, which is why it brings me to something, a, a book that I'm reading right now, The Lies We Believe by Chris uh, Thurman, uh, Dr. Chris Thurman. He, he shares something in there and that, well, I'm just going to read this. Verse Ephesians 4, 25, therefore put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down your wrath, nor give place to the devil. The reason why I mentioned Chris Thurman is because he, he expanded my mind to this. 
he said, with the talk of being positive thinking and negative thinking and make sure we're being positive, make sure we're being negative. He says, Christ was neither after positive or negative. He was always after truth. We see here, uh, Philippians chapter four, therefore, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things of good report, right? Think of these things. And we take that to say, oh, that's, that's optimism. No, whatever is true. So therefore, if, if I smell bad, Michael, tell me I smell bad. <laughs> Don't tell me, oh, bus, you smell great. Go out there. No, tell, tell me the truth, which is this unity is, is different than the world's unity. The unity that mm. the world offers, I believe, is uniformity. Right. I will accept you if you are of the same political stance that I am, if you are the same race that I am, if you if you fall in line with what I want you to fall in line with. But here we see that the church body is not based on that is based on. Do you proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? Now, therefore, let's figure the rest of this out. Let's move forward, not in uniformity. Let's move forward in unity. And Mm. and that can be difficult and that can be hard, but it is not only plausible, but it's, but it is obtainable if we do it with the mindset of Christ. This chapter continues on in Ephesians chapter four to talk about mindset. Matter of fact, verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, that the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And so as we are with Christ and our minds are being renewed, our collective mindset is being renewed as well as we are sharpening one another towards once again this goal of unity and so michael as unity is the central theme of ephesians 4 tell us what is the central theme of of ephesians chapter 5 we are recipients and givers of grace well this comes back to what we're talking about before that when you have experienced grace truly experienced grace then you're willing to extend grace to others it's problem is is too often we've not allowed ourselves um, to experience the truly the good news of the gospel and so then we become we hamper ourselves we don't give ourselves permission to say well god i can't believe you'd really forgive me for that but but if we really accept that and realize that it should give us a sense of humility where where grace has been extended, right? We then extend grace to others. And in Ephesians 4, for, uh, chapter 4, verse 32, uh, we are admonished to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. And so we have to not just talk the talk. We have to walk the walk. How we extend grace, how we live and how we treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. I was reminded of this this past week. You know, I had somebody did something that was very, I would say, unkind, right? And so then I had to let them know and say, you know, I, I don't know that you realize that that's what you did, but I, I want you to know that, that 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 hurt. And so we had to have a kind of a conversation, right, that that to, to facilitate and say, you know what, our my relationship, it matters not to just kind of cast aside. I could just say, you know, I'm going to, you know, who really cares and ignore you. But, but, you know, I realize is that, you know, we both make mistakes. And so we have to put the past behind us, forgive each other for what's happened in the past. And, yes. and people forgiven me. So why shouldn't I forgive that person? And, and so I think that's what the gospel does is it, it changes the way the, the way that we treat one another, it matters. It makes, it makes a huge difference. And that's what Pastor Paul is trying to urge us, I think, is I agree. we imitate God. He's not keeping a score sheet. <laughs> Buster versus Michael, who messes up the most, you know. Well, 
you know, that's me, but you know. Sorry, Buster, I, you you only came in number fourteen million two hundred twenty six. You need to work harder so you can work up into at least the the thirteen millions. <laughs> yeah, have mercy, right? And, no. and so, and so I'm thankful for what has happened that we can be transparent. The love of God, it's like light; it just illuminates the life and casts away the dark darkness. And 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 what's beautiful about that is when we see that light, we see his love that's at work in our lives and in the lives around us. And so when we appreciate that, we want to extend that light as much as we possibly can. You know, Michael, I know usually we don't do Friday's lesson, but we have to this week because it concludes with Ephesians chapter six. (laughs) And the question that uh, the the lesson asks is we conclude by reflecting on Ephesians six, where we discover that we are the church that, that we the church are the peace waging army of God. And I, I love that the peace waging <laughs> army of God. If you tell me like, oh, what is your army known for? Oh, we're, we're known for our peace. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds counterintuitive, but it's actually the strength of God's army. That mm. his army is not like the world's army. That this army is one that is filled with the armor of God. It fights spiritual wars. And mm-hmm. that physically they're able to take care of not only one another, but also those who who are in need because they are like that of their savior, which is like what we're called to be like that of Christ. I just want to bring out the highlight of Ephesians chapter six to me. Finally, my brethren, verse 10 of chapter six, mm. uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And yep. once again, when we saying that you, it's, it's, te- it's in text and it's y'all, that y'all will be able to stand against the walls of the devil together. As we are standing in the Lord, we we're locked arm in arm, marching together. We onward Christian soldiers. I know some people who don't like that song because they said it sounds too militaristic. Well, we are in the Lord's army, but it's God's army. So therefore it's not telling us that we're going out to war against one another or against other denominations. We're going to war against spiritual forces, darkness. And so therefore we're called to bring light to those places. The only way to do that is for Christ to shine forth through us in our relationships with him. Absolutely. It's beautiful. You know, I I think that's part of what is, is, you know, we, we think about, you know, the militaristic image, you know, in the best possible sense, we fully acknowledge that those things have, have not always been good, you know, without, throughout Christian history. But, but we're looking at the most positive understanding of this, just like, you know, I know there was some controversy this quarter over the terminology of slavery. And in right. a, an American context, that would be very offensive. But in the world of the first century, the Apostle Paul is trying to turn this up on its end. And so in the most culturally sensitive way that we can, we try to use the imagery that we have here to remind us of that, that God wants to transform our lives through his love, through his light. It will change the way we treat each other so that we no longer live as ordinary as other people do the way that they, they treat each other. And, and all you have to do is, is being here in the, in the DMV in the Maryland metro area, you know, and I was just dropping off my kids this morning, got about run off the road by somebody. I'm just like, Oh my goodness, what did I do? You know? And, and so my initial reaction is one of how could they do that? You know, it's anger. Right. And and then to realize that, you know, I, I need, I don't know what's going on in their lives. I need to just pray for them. And so whatever that might be, I don't always do this perfectly as I should, but, but God's calling us to live a different way 
a different way that uh, that shows God's transforming love and grace. And we need that constantly every day. I need that again, especially when I'm driving <laughs> my kids to school. <laughs> we need that good work of grace in our lives. And boy, wouldn't that be something if people can say, wow, those, those people there, I don't know what's going on with them, but they sure love each other and they live peaceably with one another. They're peacemakers like what you were talking about, Buster. Yeah. And Michael, I think that's what it's about, allowing the gospel to permeate our hearts, to, to yeah. enter and to actually bring about change and us being willing to, to change. Absolutely. Well, it's the end of a quarter. I can't believe it. So stay yes. tuned. Have some exciting new developments just coming up uh, very soon. We'll talk about it in some upcoming episodes. So join us again each week, the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. Uh, until next week, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.